0: Section 7 of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Modern Magic A Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring by Professor Lewis Hoffman. Tricks Involving Sleight of Hand or the Use of Specially Prepared Cards. Part 1. We have already explained the nature and use of the forcing pack of cards. It may be well, before we go further, to give a short account of one or two other species of prepared cards. THE LONG CARD This is the technical name for a card longer or wider by about the thickness of a sixpence than the rest of the pack. This card will naturally project to that extent beyond the general length or width of the other cards, and the performer is thereby enabled to cut the pack at that particular card whenever he chooses to do so. With the aid of such a card, and a tolerable proficiency in forcing and making the pass, many excellent tricks can be performed. Packs with a long card can be obtained at any of the conjuring depots. The best plan, however, is to purchase two ordinary packs precisely alike, and to have the edges of one of them shaved down by a bookbinder to the requisite extent. When you can insert any card of the other pack at pleasure to form your long card, and thus avoid the suspicion which would naturally arise from the performance of several tricks with the same card a still greater improvement upon the ordinary long card pack is the bisotte or tapering pack in which though only one pack is used any card may in turn become the long card a bisote pack consists of cards all of which are a shade wider say the thickness of a shilling at one end than the other see figure thirty three in which however the actual difference of width is exaggerated in order to make the shape of the card clear to the eye when two cards shaped as above are placed one upon another but in opposite directions the effect is as in figure thirty four If the whole pack is at the outset placed with all the cards alike, in other words their ends tapering in the same direction, by reversing any card and returning it to the pack, its wide end is made to correspond with the narrow ends of the remaining cards, thereby making it for the time being a long card. By offering the pack for a person to draw a card, and turning the pack round before the card is replaced, the position of that card will thus be reversed, and you will be able to find it again in an instant however thoroughly the cards may be shuffled. By pre-arranging the pack beforehand, with the narrow ends of all the red cards in one direction and those of the black cards in the other direction, you may, by grasping the pack between the finger and thumb at each end (see 35) and drawing the hands apart, separate the black cards from the red at a single stroke, or by preparing the pack accordingly, you may divide the court cards from the playing cards in like manner many other recreations may be performed with a pack of this kind which will be noticed in due course the long card and the basote pack have each their special advantages and disadvantages the long card is the more reliable as it can always be distinguished with certainty from the rest of the pack but it is very generally known and after having made use of it for one trick it is clear that you cannot immediately venture upon another with the same card It is further comparatively useless unless you are proficient in forcing the basote pack may be used without any knowledge of forcing and has the advantage that any card may in turn become the key card but it is treacherous the necessary turning of the pack is likely to attract observation and any little mistake such as allowing the card to be replaced in its original direction or a few of the cards getting turned round in the shuffling will cause a breakdown Notwithstanding these disadvantages, both the long card and the basote pack will be found very useful to the amateur, but it should be borne in mind that both these appliances are in reality only makeshifts or substitutes for sleight of hand. Professionals of the highest class discard them altogether, and rely wholly upon the more subtle magic of their own fingers. We subjoin a few of the best of the feats which specially depend upon the use of a long card or the basote pack. A card having been chosen and returned, and the pack shuffled, to produce the chosen card instantly in various ways. Request some person to draw a card, spreading them before him for that purpose. If you use a long card pack, you must force the long card. If you are using a basote pack, any card may be drawn, the pack being reversed before the card is replaced. The card being returned, the pack may be shuffled to any extent, but you will always be able to cut by feel at the card chosen. You may vary the trick by taking the cards upright between the second finger and thumb of the right hand, and requesting someone to say 1, two, three. At the word 3, drop all the cards save the card chosen, which its projecting edge will enable you to retain when you relax the pressure upon the other cards. Another mode of finishing the trick is to request any one present to put the pack previously well shuffled in his pocket. When you proceed with his permission to pick his pocket of the chosen card. This is an effective trick, and, if you are proficient in sleight of hand, may also be performed with an unprepared pack of cards. In the latter case, when the chosen card is returned to the pack, you make the pass to bring it to the top, palm it, and immediately offer the cards to be shuffled. See Figure 15. The pack being returned, you replace the chosen card on the top, and when the pack is placed in the pocket you have only to draw out the top card. The feat of cutting at the chosen card may also by similar means be performed with an ordinary pack. For this purpose you must follow the directions last above given, up to the time when, the pack having been shuffled, you replace the palmed card on the top. Then transfer the pack to the left hand, and apparently cut with the right. We say apparently, for though to the eye of the spectator you merely cut the cards, You really make the pass by sliding the lower half of the pack to the left, the fingers of the left hand at the same moment opening a little to lift the upper packet, and so give room for the upward passage of the lower packet. The cards remaining after the pass in the left hand, which the spectators take to be the bottom half of the pack, are in reality the original upper half, and on the uppermost of such cards being turned up, it is found to be the one which was chosen. Another good mode of finishing the trick is to fling the pack in the air and catch the chosen card. For this purpose, after forcing the long card and after giving the pack to be shuffled, you cut the pack at the long card as before but without showing it and place the original lower half of the pack on the top. The chosen card will now be at the bottom. Take the pack face downwards upon the right hand and quickly transfer it to the left at the same time palming with the right hand the bottom card. Spread the cards a little and fling them into the air, clutching at them with the right hand as they descend, and at the same moment bring the chosen card to the tips of the fingers. The effect to the spectators will be as if you actually caught it among the falling cards. This feat also may be performed without the aid of a long card, and without the necessity of forcing a card. In this case, as in the pocket-picking trick, you make the pass as soon as the card is returned to the pack, in order to bring it to the top, and palm it then offer the pack to be shuffled. When the cards are handed back, place the chosen card for a moment on the top of the pack, and endeavour to call attention, indirectly if possible, to the fact that you have no card concealed in your hand. Then again palming the card, you may either yourself fling up the cards or request some other person to do so, and terminate the trick as before. A still more effective form of this trick, in which the chosen card is caught upon the point of a sword, Will be found among the card tricks performed by the aid of special apparatus. The following is a good long card trick, but demands considerable proficiency in sleight of hand. You force the long card, allowing it to be returned to any part of the pack, and the whole to be well shuffled. You then say, You must be by this time pretty certain that even if I knew your card in the first instance I must have quite lost sight of it now. If you do not feel quite certain, please shuffle the cards once more everyone being fully satisfied that the card is completely lost in the pack you continue let me assure you that i do not know any more than yourselves whereabouts in the pack your card is at this moment you can all see that i have no duplicate card concealed in my hands i will now take the top card whatever it may be or if you prefer it any one may draw a card from any part of the pack and i will at once change it to the card originally chosen The audience will probably prefer to draw a card, which, when they have done, you continue, I presume the card you have just drawn is not the one originally chosen. Will the gentleman who drew the first card look at it, and see if it is his card? The reply is pretty certain to be in the negative. During the discussion you have taken the opportunity to slip the little finger of the left hand immediately above the long card, which it will be remembered was that first drawn and to make the pass thereby bringing it to the top and enabling you to palm it you now ask the person holding the second card to place it on the top of the pack which you immediately transfer to the right hand thus bringing the palmed card upon it you then say to show you that this trick is not performed by sleight of hand or by any manipulation of the cards i will not even touch them but will place them here on the table in sight of all will the gentleman who drew the first card please to say what his card was the card being named you slowly and deliberately turn over the top card which will be found to be transformed into that first chosen the other card is now the next card on the top of the pack and as somebody may suspect this and by examining the pack gain a partial clue to the trick it will be well to take an early opportunity of removing this card either by shuffling or by making the pass to bring it to the centre of the pack if you make use of a Bisote pack there is of course no necessity for forcing the card in the first instance you may also reveal a chosen card with very good effect in the following manner a card having been freely drawn open the pack in such a manner that it may be placed when returned immediately under the long card which by the way should in this instance really be a wide card though the term long card applies as already mentioned to both kinds of card the pack may be moderately shuffled with very little risk of the two cards being separated the greater width of the long card tending to shelter the card beneath it and making it very unlikely that that card will be displaced if after the shuffle the long card does not happen to be tolerably high up in the pack you should cut the cards in such a manner as to make it so holding the cards in a horizontal position face downwards above the table the thumb being on one side and the fingers on the other side of the pack you say Ladies and gentlemen, I am now about to drop the cards, a few at a time, in a number of little heaps upon the table, stopping when you tell me to do so. It will be equally open to you to stop me when I have made one or two heaps only, or not until I have made seven or eight, but whenever it is, the card at the top of the heap last made will be the identical card which was just now drawn, and which has since, as you have seen, been thoroughly shuffled in the pack. You now drop the cards, four or five at a time, on various parts of the table. When the word STOP is pronounced, you let go all the remaining cards below the long card, which from its greater width a very slight pressure suffices to retain. The card chosen having been next below the long card is now at the top of the last heap. You ask the person who drew to name his card, and touching the back of the top card with your wand, turn it over to show that it is the right one if you are tolerably expert in sleight of hand you may repeat the trick in a yet more striking manner proceed as before up to the moment when the word stop is pronounced having let fall as before all the cards below the long card lay down the remainder of the pack and take in the left hand the heap which you last dealt cover it with the right hand for an instant and sliding away the hand gently to the right palm the top card and immediately take by one corner the next card holding it face downwards until the drawer has named his card, which was, we will suppose, the Queen of Hearts. As soon as the card is named, you turn towards the audience, the face of the card you hold, saying, Here is the card, as before. Do not look at it yourself, but at once replace it on the pack, and covering the pack with the right hand, leave the palmed card upon it. You are by this time made aware by a murmur, if not a more decided manifestation on the part of the audience, that something is wrong. You ask what is the matter, and are told that, so far from showing the Queen of Hearts, the card you produced was a totally different one—say, the Seven of Spades. You pretend to look embarrassed, and ask if they are quite sure. "'It is very strange,' you remark. "'I never failed in this trick before. Will you allow me to try again?' Then appearing to recollect yourself—'—'Oh, of course!' you exclaim—'I forgot to touch the card with the magic wand.' "'You do so.' Will someone be kind enough to look at the card now? The card is examined, and proves to be, as it ought to have been originally, the Queen of Hearts. TO TEACH THE COMPANY A TRICK WHICH THEY LEARN WITHOUT DIFFICULTY, THEN TO ALLOW THEM TO SUCCEED, OR TO CAUSE THEM TO FAIL, AT YOUR PLEASURE. THIS SURPRISING TRICK IS PERFORMED WITH THE Piquet pack of thirty-two cards, from which you must beforehand take away, and secretly pocket, one card of each suit. The spectators, however, believing that you use the whole thirty-two cards. You announce to the company that you will teach them a trick. You deal the cards face upward in rows of four according to the rules set forth in the trick already described under the title of the Congress of Court Cards. In other words, you place a card of each suit in the top row. You commence each row with a card of the suit with which the row above ended. You make the second of each row the same suit as the first of the row above and the third the same suit as the second of the row above, and so on. Thus, if your top row be club-diamond-heart-spade, your second will be spade-club-diamond-heart, your third heart-spade-club-diamond, your fourth diamond-heart-spade-club, your fifth club-diamond-heart-spade, your sixth spade-club-diamond-heart, and your seventh heart-spade-club-diamond you now gather up the cards as directed in the trick already mentioned in other words in vertical rows from the bottom upwards commencing at the right-hand bottom corner the pack thus arranged may be cut any number of times but if dealt in four heaps all the cards of each suit will be found together so far the trick is ingenious rather than astonishing although the arrangement of the cards having reference only to the suits and not to individual cards the cards do not at first sight appear to be specially arranged and if you are rapid and apparently careless in placing them the spectators will in all probability believe that they are placed haphazard if you can induce this belief you will greatly heighten their surprise at finding the different suits regularly sorted after the deal but the trick is not yet finished you again place the cards as before remarking that the trick is simplicity itself when once the principle is known and on this occasion you draw special attention to the necessary arrangement of the cards. Having completed the trick for the second time, you invite some of the audience to try their hands, which they do, and of course succeed, there being really no difficulty in the matter. When one or two have tried and succeeded, they will probably disparage the trick as being absurdly easy. "'Pardon me,' you say. "'You have succeeded so far, because it was my will and pleasure that you should do so. You seem incredulous but I am perfectly serious. To prove that I am so, I give you warning that the next person who attempts the trick will fail. Come, who accepts the challenge?" Someone is sure to respond, and in all probability to offer you a bet that he will succeed. "'Sir,' you reply, I never bet on certainties, or your money would be already lost. I have said that you shall fail, and you cannot therefore possibly succeed." You have, meanwhile, secretly palmed the four cards which you pocketed before beginning the trick, and have watched your opportunity to replace them on the table with the rest of the pack. Your opponent may now try as much as he pleases, but he cannot possibly succeed, the fact being that the process above described produces the desired effect with twenty-eight cards, but will not do so with thirty-two. The first thought of your audience is sure to be that you have abstracted some of the cards in order to make the trick fail but on counting they find the number correct. Not one in a hundred will suspect that the reverse is the case, and that when you performed the trick the pack was incomplete. By the time three or four of the company have tried and failed, you will probably have found an opportunity of again pocketing a card of each suit, and you may announce that, having sufficiently proved your power, you will now graciously condescend to remove the prohibition, and allow the next person who tries to succeed. This of course he will do and the trick may very well end here with the satisfaction on your part that you have kept your secret and that even when removed from the sphere of your adverse influence your pupils will fail in performing the trick making the attempt as they naturally will with the full piquet pack but it is just possible that a contretemps may arise for which it will be well to be prepared some one of the audience more acute than the generality may suggest again counting the cards to see if all are there when the trick succeeds. Even in this case you need not be discomfited. At once offer yourself to count the cards, and gathering them up for that purpose, add to them the four which you removed which you should again have palmed in readiness. Count them deliberately on to the table, and when every one is satisfied that the pack is complete, announce that you will once more perform the trick in order to let every one see that you actually use no more and no less than thirty-two cards. Place the cards as before, counting aloud as you do so, till the whole thirty-two cards are placed. So far you have not varied your method of proceeding, but to succeed with the whole thirty-two cards, you must secretly make a slight variation in the manner of picking up. You will remember that the cards were picked up face upwards, beginning from the bottom of the right-hand row, placing the cards of that row on those of the next row, and so on. Now, to perform the trick with thirty-two cards, The bottom cards of each row must be gathered up all together, and placed on the face of the pack. Thus, if the bottom card of the first or left-hand row be the knave of spades, that of the second row the ten of diamonds, that of the third row the ace of hearts, and that of the fourth row the seven of clubs, those four cards must be picked up as follows. The knave of spades must be placed face upwards on the ten of diamonds, the ten of diamonds on the ace of hearts. And the ace of hearts on the seven of clubs which will occupy its own place on the face of the cards of the last or right hand row for convenience of picking up it will be well to place the four rows very near together slightly converging on the bottom when it will be tolerably easy by a bold quick sweep of the left hand from left to right to slide the three other cards in due order on the bottom card of the last row while the performer looking not at the cards but at his audience diverts their attention by any observations which may occur to him. The trick in this form requires considerable address, and the performer should not therefore venture upon it until by frequent practice he can be certain of placing the four cards neatly with his left hand, and without looking at his hands, which would infallibly draw the eyes of the audience in the same direction, and thereby spoil the trick. To Distinguish the Court Cards by Touch this trick is performed by means of a preliminary preparation of the court cards to be made as follows take each court card separately edge upwards and draw a tolerably sharp knife the blade held sloping backwards at an angle of about forty five degrees once or twice along the edge from left to right this will be found to turn the edge of the card so to speak and to leave on each side a minute ridge not noticeable by the eye but immediately perceptible if sought for to the touch prepare the opposite edge of the card in the same way and again mix the court cards with the pack which is now ready for use offer the prepared pack to be shuffled when the pack is returned to you you may either hold it above your head and showing the cards in succession call court card or plain card as the case may be or you may offer to deal the cards into two heaps consisting of court cards in one heap and plain cards in the other every now and then offering the cards to be again shuffled You can of course perform the trick blindfold with equal facility You should endeavor to conceal as much as possible the fact that you distinguish the court cards by the sense of touch and Rather seek to make your audience believe that the trick is performed by means of some mathematical principle or by any other means remote from the true explanation this advice indeed applies more or less to all tricks thus your knowledge of a forced card depends of course on sleight of hand but you should by no means let this be suspected but rather claim credit for some clairvoyant faculty and vice versa when you perform a trick depending on a mathematical combination endeavor to lead your audience to believe that it is performed by means of some impossible piece of sleight of hand further endeavor to vary your modus operandi if you have just performed a trick depending purely on sleight of hand, do not let the next be of the same character, but rather one based on a mathematical principle or on the use of special apparatus. End of section seven.